search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Good afternoon. Hello, everyone. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel or stream it from our site, SEMSynergy.com. Now that 2009 is here, we've been talking a lot about how search is changing uh, and really how the search engines are trying to improve relevance. How do the results get better? Uh, Obviously, algorithmic changes and a little bit of support here, a little bit of support there, dancing here, dancing there, and wonderful parties at at the conferences uh, really improve search, right? (laughs) Isn't that the big way to improve search is have a bigger party? For me. Uh Uh-oh, Susan's dying on us. I think that choked her up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the things that... Um, I thought would be good to cover right here is the fact that customization is done in a a number of ways and I don't think that it's clear the difference between those to a lot of people. Um, Yeah, I think we use a lot of overlapping terms to mean kind of several different things and we keep calling it, you know, we, we keep calling it personalization when there's personalization through actually what you've been doing. There's personalization that's really behavioral search, you know, based on what your community is doing. There's personalization based on your intent. (laughs) I mean, these are all different ways of doing personalization or customizing the results for, you know, the particular user. And they're not the same. And I think you need to understand all of them. When I look at personalization, I consider that something that I have signed into. I go to Google, I click on sign in, I'm ready to personalize my results. I'm going to move this guy up. I'm going to suppress this rep- this entry. I'm going to vote it down. Whatever that is, that is personalization because it is me specifying what action I or what results I want to see. Behavioral search does not require you to log in. Intent-based search, localized search, right. they don't require logins. And these are based upon both behavior and keyword and where you are Mm -hmm. and the kinds of things that are common to a behavioral group. Right, exactly. I would actually differentiate um, personalized search even in in two ways. There's active, which is what you were talking about, like actually, you know, using search wiki, for example, and saying, I don't like this result. I think that this result needs to be higher. I want to add in this custom result, you know, using uh, co-op. And, you know, all of these things. And then there's the stuff that they do based on your search history. You know, I don't want this item to show up in my search history. I do want this item to show up in my search history. And then they take that into account. And it's based on what you've done. And it's reactive. Uh, They only know what you've done in the past. If, you know, tomorrow I change my interests entirely. You know, I used to like peanut butter sandwiches. And tomorrow I decide I hate peanut butter sandwiches and I love roast beef sandwiches. It's lunchtime. I'm hungry. (laughs) Um... 
you know, they, they don't know that yet because I haven't done any roast beef sandwiches search. So it's only reactive. But if they know that people who start searching, you know, delis and carvers and things like, you know, carving knives and things like that are also interested in lunch meats and then maybe roast beef, then that's a behavioral result. And they might start serving me roast beef as a behavior, not as personalized, because as far as they know, I like peanut butter. Well, I think that we have to um, actually consider the time frame involved. Some of the advanced systems, like Clarity, that we use, right. they look at behavior and then they expire it if it's too old. Um, they look at behavior and determine whether it is common to you. For instance, if I spend a lot of time looking at internet marketing sites, if I suddenly want to buy a gift for a family member that maybe has a kid, I don't want to, for the rest of my life, be assumed to have had a new child. Like Amazon, right? Like Amazon. So because you buy something, it's, it's there it, forever. Yeah, you own it, uh, or it's you, whatever you want to look at it. I think that allowing the intelligence uh, of a behavioral search to determine you've done it once, but you didn't keep doing it, therefore it's less important. Or you're part of a community and the community likes these kinds of sites and you remain engaged in that community, therefore we're going to keep recommending those sites. That makes sense. But from the standpoint of behavior, I think that if I behave in a certain way consistently, I would expect the results to be biased towards that. If it's a one-time occurrence, I wouldn't expect the behavioral process to determine that that's all I care about for the rest of my life. That makes no sense. People go on vacations. They may go for days, maybe a week, maybe a little bit longer. If I start looking at uh, travel sites, does that mean that I'm a traveler for all of my time? Right. In my case, I am, but that isn't really the issue. Right, but that's personalization. Right. Is, well, it is also... Is well, behavioral would be, okay, we know that people who are looking for travel are also interested in the passport office, or they're interested in, you know, something else, so that those kinds of things get blended in to your results based on the behavior of it, not on the... Not on because you particularly have searched for passports in the past, and so now they're going to serve you passport results. It's that you search for travel, and people who search for travel also search for passports. But I think that what we're really talking about is deeper. I think that people who search for travel, you, in your behavior... You like warm climates versus cold climates. Right, which is personalization. That is, I, don't, I think that that is behavioral because you will have had a history of searching for warm climate travel well, it's facilities. Your, but it's your behavior. It's not... Maybe. It's, it's not everyone who searches behaviorally, you know, for one thing, always will search for whatever. It, that, I don't know. That's, that's how I see the distinction between personalized and behavioral. And then that, again, from, like, intent-based searches, which is I'm just sort of searching for Fiji so that I can look at how pretty it is versus I'm searching for Fiji because I want to find a hotel there versus I'm in Fiji and I am now lost. <laughs> right? Those are totally different intents. All, they might all come from the same search. Well, I think that that always has been a problem. I think that 
uh, when I, if I do not sign in and I have not identified myself as an individual and I am part of a community and there is a trend in the community to be interested in certain things, I can understand how the community could really sway my results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But if I have recent search history there, I think that becomes behavioral as well. And it, it's, it's commingled, it's blended. Uh, if I have a, a predisposition for um, sports and I search for cars, the ads that show up may very well be for SUVs and pickup trucks, not sports cars. Right. Definitely. So we'll have to see how that works. Yeah, there's a lot of, I think, distinctions that still need to be made, but it's time for us to take a break. Stick around. There's more customized search talk on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jan, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast and expensive. Excellent and on time. Offshoring.com. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from Internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock. From Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account. Transfer your domains to Moniker today, powered by MaxLock, delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at Moniker.com slash MaxLock. The Shoe Money Show, ring on the bling. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Trying to crank in the cash. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm here with David Harry, also known as the Gypsy from his various musings on the web, and the man behind the blog at homa.com and the internet marketing company ReliableSEO.com. Thanks for coming on the show, Dave. Thank you very much for having me. And you're right on the Huoma. It, it's been said many times as Huoma, but it's it's Huoma. <laughs> what does that mean, by the way? Okay, uh, um, it's strange. I never meant to be a blogger, so it was just a site I hung out on. Huoma is Chinese for fire horse. Fire horse is my astrological symbol. I studied a lot of martial arts, uh, philosophy, and Buddhism and things when I was younger. So there it is. Huoma is Chinese for fire horse. 
Well, that's very interesting because we're talking about personalization. And so obviously that's something that's personal to you. But um, personalization is obviously coming to search right now. And it's an interesting topic. And it's something that you've had a lot of uh, looking into yourself. It's funny when people say new because, you know, sure, Google's been talking a lot in the last while. A lot of the buzz out of their mouth is personalization, personalization. But it's it's if, if you're someone who studies a lot of the, the information retrieval world, it's, it's been around for a long time. They've been doing targeting with ads uh, since maybe 92, 93. And personalization, probably there's stuff going back at least patent-wise to 94. And, I mean, sorry, 2004 and, 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 and that area. So it's not really new, but... But it's new to a lot of SEOs, maybe. Oh, I also forgot to mention that uh, as we speak, you can find and talk to David in the Webmaster Radio chat room as well. Yes, um, I'm hanging out there, hanging out there in case anyone wants to talk more about it. I, I can't be shut up on the topic. <laughs> it's pretty complicated, too. And you performed a study. Um, the results came out fairly recently about um, flux and rankings and how, if at all, personalization played into it. So um, what did you find? Were the results very different for people located across the country? Well, we, we took like 16 people um, from the U.S. We also had some international data, but that was kind of anecdotal. We just kind of looked at that separately. We, we wanted to focus on the U.S. We looked at the top 10 results on four different informational queries in uh, query spaces that that they were all internet marketing people, so it's likely that they searched related topics so Google might personalize it. Um, the reason it started was because I asked friends, could you check a ranking for me? He looked at the rankings, he got back to me, and I was like, man, mine are totally different. I was like, is it that bad? So we started asking more and more people, and it became a study. What happened was was that as much as it, it stays the same, it doesn't change in that – Google later said that, that they only put one to three different uh, rankings changed into someone's personalization, and that's b- borne out with, with the evidence that that while there was re-ranking of, of the order of things, the top ten were fairly stable. You'd have one or two different things that would come in, um, but it, it didn't move a lot. Uh, so what we the main thing we found, I guess, was one to three didn't really change. First, third, and second, anything in the top three rankings, the order might change. Number three might be number one, number two might be number one, and so forth and so on. But the three top listings really didn't move. Um, mm-hmm. Four sometimes, four sometimes was included, and then six to five to five to ten, you'd start to see where they would Google would add a URL or there'd be heavier re-ranking of them. But the top ten altogether, really, you're still reasonably safe, especially top three or four. Now, was this mostly the result just when personalization was turned on, or did you also see some uh, re-ranking going on when personalization uh, was turned off? Yeah, that that part was kind of surprising, um, that, that some people that weren't logged into Google and even a few that didn't have... Google accounts were still we were still seeing a fair bit of movement in them, and that was kind of interesting. Um, kind of had us thinking what other what other possible geo targeting issues are there. But it was an informational query, so there shouldn't be much of that. But um, it didn't. It, there was more personalized search, meaning the one or two added results are more often seen when people had personalization logged in. But even those without it, you were still seeing, you know, could be ranked eighth on one person's and in Georgia, you know, you go over to New York and somebody's got that same thing at number five. So it varied. So I think you told me that you're going to be doing some further testing to try to narrow down some of the uh, aspects that are affecting 
these changes. Um, do you yeah. have in mind any particular uh, uh, metrics that well, you're going to be testing? Yeah, it it can be endless because of the the 200 plus factors that we're always bombarded with. Um, one thing, obviously, is a large, larger data set. We're looking for more people. We got about 70 so far this time, and I'm going to put a blog post about it next week or this week. Um, and so we're going to start with a larger data set. We're hoping that we can get uh, more people from each state, like California, New York, so we can see is it is it by data centers in the states that these are changing? Are they, or is this a, you know where where is it changing? Um, query revisions is something that I that Google does, and that Marissa Meyer is said that they do, meaning that if, if you type in something, don't find it, then you change your query a little bit, they take that into account. That's kind of a little hard to test at this point, so we're not sure. We're looking at um, what's considered uh, application focus. Application focus means a lot of the patents and things they write, they say where the places they might look for personalization data. And they do talk about email, instant messenger, your RSS feeds. They've got a patent out on, on how your bookmarks can affect uh, personalized environments. So we want to also ask people, you know, are they using these services? Do you use Reader a lot? Do you use Gmail a lot? Um, we're asking them that. We're looking at cookies. Um, someday, not now, but I'd like time of day because different times of day can also possibly change things. So there's there's some things we want to look at, but there's endless. So we're going to start with some of the simpler stuff. I can't wait to see those results. You wrote a blog post um, this week. Uh, by the time this airs, it'll be last week um, on um, bounce rates as a signal for implicit behavioral metrics. Uh, can you go over that a bit? Sure. Um, there's information material. People look at it in two ways with users. You have implicit feedback, which is stuff like bounce rates, time on page, scrolling activity, um, click stream data, meaning you know they click on things in the result, they come back, bounce rates. Um, that's implicit, meaning you don't really know they're tracking it. An explicit feedback signal is when someone does something like search wiki. You know, they, they say, oh, move that one up. Or in this, the new thing they have with the, the rec, uh, per, preferred pages. You know, um, if you, maybe you uh, bookmarked it. Maybe you printed the page out. Maybe you emailed the page to a friend. That's an explicit signal in that you're taking an action to tell the search engine, I like this. So, what what happens is the the bounce rates and stuff comes from the the group known as implicit, um, and and the problem there, at least especially for me when people were talking about it with Google, is that the information retrieval world hasn't figured this out. They they they're still up in arms. Some people don't even know if it's usable. They they're like you know this is a dead horse. Let's not go there, because you're trying to understand intent of a of a searcher and satisfaction of a searcher by not directly talking to them or having them express it to you, you're trying to read their actions. So for bounce rates, the typical way it's calculated is if someone goes to a page and back. Now, if Google thinks, if Google does a good job, I should get to the page, find what I want, and leave, right? So that's a bounce. Now, if I get to this page, I don't find what I want, and I dig three, four pages deeper... Now I'm am I am I satisfied? Maybe maybe not. You you can't take just a simple bounce or or whatever as as a signal of satisfaction. What if everyone in my house in in the course of six hours, which is a session, uses my computer? They're all going to do different things and act different ways. So now you're trying to you're trying to profile me in a, in not knowing who the end user is. 
So there's so many problems. It's what they call noisy. That's the noise, is that, that you can't really ascertain satisfaction or, or intent by their actions. The second part is resource heavy. The, the more signals you add on, like if Google's trying to track bounce rates and time on page and scrolling activity, click that and all this stuff, if they're trying to calculate all that for rankings, it's resource heavy, which is going to slow the machines down or cost you more money. We're in a bit of a recession, so does it make sense for a search engine to spend money on a technology that's unproven and is going to cost them more money to process? It's, it's problematic. Then you have click bias. They, one person who was looking at this kind of information, he did a research study. I think it was Cornell University. I'm not sure. Um, and they found that people trust Google so much, they would intercept the results and rearrange them. People were still clicking on the first, the third, the sixth, and leaving, you know, seventh through eight. Regardless of the ordering of the results, people have a click bias to click certain results, as we've all known in this business studies that have been done. So does, how do you ascertain quality then? Maybe a, uh, there's a page on page two a result on page two that's better than the one that's in first rank, but you'll never know that because people don't click that way. And, of course, spam. Spam is the final one, and, and much of the research out there on this kind of behavioral implicit feedback ends with stuff like more funding is needed to research this some more to deal with the click spam issues and so on. You know, Ralph over at Phantom Master... Ralph put Phantom Master went right away, and he was like, surf bots, and da-da-da, and as soon as the bounce rate thing came up, he already had a plan of attack going. I, I think Matt and the gang at, Matt and the gang at Google are pretty smart, and, and they know that people like him are going to start going, oh, beautiful gold mine. So it's this whole bounce rate thing, is, is which is funny, because the, the, the industry gets so focused on this one bounce rate when there's so many other signals. The implicit feedback goes beyond bounce rates. But we just got all excited and up in arms and, oh, yeah, look, you know. It's, it's more research by SEOs is needed before they start talking, I, I think. And until the IR community starts to figure out these kind of signals better, I, I think it's something we can't be telling because people listen to what we say when we write, you know, and when we That's talk true. like this. And I think, though, that that kind of puts a lot of people's mind at ease, you know. It would be kind of scary to think of such a – the implications of bounce rates as a, as a behavioral well, – how- Sure. How can any of us really take that and understand if someone was happy? You ever walked away from your computer for 10 minutes, left it on a web page? So it shows time on, on time on page. Maybe you take that signal. Time on page, five minutes. Oh, he must have liked it. No, I hated it. I went to the bathroom, grabbed a beer, you know? <laughs> came back and shut that window down. So it's not always a signal. It's not a signal readily mined for data if that's a quality page or result or not. So it's a problem. And it's resource-heavy. That's Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. It's also resource-heavy. Another thing I, I, I was meaning to write about one of these days <laughs> is that search engines are businesses. And, and signals that ha- are problematic, because think of all the, the, the different calculations they'd have to do just for the implicit feedback. Now, that's computing power. That's resources. We're in a bad economy. Are you going to get that through the boardroom? They're going to go, hey, guys, it's only going to cost us this much more. Okay, what are we going to see from it? Well, I don't know. We're not sure. Nobody's sure. You know. <laughs> so it's 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 problem. It's a problem. Right. And then, 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 then you add in Matt's department. There's Matt Cuts and the spam guys. How much more money is it going to cost them to monitor all these new signals? They have a thing now called personalized pay. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we're still a ways away from, from that, I guess. Yeah, it, it, they... The intent part, I think, is most important. If they can figure out how to assess user intent, then I'm sure they'll find the money to deal with the spam. But at this point, you've got a a two-headed dragon that's just not helping in a bad economy. 
things like they hired uh, Sep Sep Camvar from Caltex, uh, Caltex, sorry. When they bought that company, and she, he's now running the personalized search department, he's done work on what's called personalized page rank, which is a far more simplistic uh, methodology, and this is far more likely at what's going on at Google. So, Very interesting. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Dave. I think that maybe we'll have to have you on again to talk about personalized page rank and maybe some of the explicit um, um, behavioral metrics. There's, there's definitely a lot more to go into here. Yeah, it's a search wiki. All that stuff makes sense for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but people can read more from you at your blog. Again, that's H-U-O-M-A-H or on Twitter. Uh, they can follow you. Your name is The Gypsy. And also just wanted to, again, say that you're calling for volunteers for your next round of research. We shall be. We shall be from the U.S., but we don't mind international. That All the data is useful. Right. Send your questions his way. Stick around. In the next segment, we're going to be talking about Google Search Wiki. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Oh, wise master, I've climbed up this mountain to seek your wisdom. Yes, how can I help you, my son? I've traveled far to ask why my business isn't growing. You are on top of this mountain when you should be on topnichenetworks.com. But I need answers. You should be on topnichenetworks.com, specializing in direct marketing and lead generation as well as list management. Topnichenetworks.com has exclusives and leading payouts. They welcome new affiliates with hot offers. We don't seem to get the results we need at a price we can afford. Topnichenetworks.com will work on a performance-only basis, so you only pay for results. TopNicheNetworks.com has the answers that you've been seeking for making your business a success on a performance-only basis. And that's a good thing, because my butt's falling asleep. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car, and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, and it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit taxbrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. Taxbrain.com, America's online tax service. Looking for a new way to build backlinks and traffic back to your website? Then look no further than the quickest and easiest way to blast your article to thousands of subscribers at the click of a mouse. Introducing ArticleSender.com, the world's premier article distribution service. With ArticleSender.com, you can submit your prize-winning piece to thousands of promising publishers and article directories craving for fresh content. ArticleSender.com also provides premium services so that your article is SEO SEO ready. Plus, we provide express editorial review for rush delivery of your submissions within 24 to 48 hours article distribution at its easiest one form one click thousands of results get your free account today at articlesender.com that's article s-e-n-d-e-r.com life tips making your life smarter better 
faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by Susan and Bradley. Uh, The next topic we're going to talk about here is Google's Search Wiki. Uh, Back at the end of November, Google launched a feature called Search Wiki, and by now I'm sure you know about it and how it lets users customize their search results by re-ranking, deleting, adding, and commenting on the search results page. Um, It was met with a bit of controversy when it first came out, with some people wanting the option to opt out. Um, but really, what is the real implication in the search marketing industry? That's my question. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm going to be totally useless in this because I can't get Search Wiki to work on my computer. Like, at all. To me, it's just pretty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. It is. Uh, it's kind of strange because it doesn't work in Firefox. I switch over to IE and then it just vanishes. Oh. So, for me, Search Wiki is clutter on my page mm-hmm. and totally useless. Well, I mean, that's not unlike what some people are saying, and I'm, I think it works for them. <laughs> um, one of the... My, my The biggest thing that I have, uh, the problem that I have with it is that uh, if you think of uh, the, the perfect ideal of democracy, you think that everyone gets together and they would have a lot of insight and be able to come up with great results. I mean... It's, it's labor-intensive. You have to go through each result and make your determination if that's what you're going to do. Uh, you have to know, you have to realize when you're giving up by crossing out certain links that you're under different circumstances that might be useful to you. Um, people search for different reasons for different keywords. Um, I like to be able to, I, I think for the most part Google has good results and I think that um, the, my first reaction to clicking a little X button was, oh my God, how do I get that <laughs> back? Uh, to be able to have some way to be able to see the original versus... Uh, because your iGoogle searches are already skewed to some degree, it's it's customized just for you. It's not You can't just turn it off and go and search. Uh, it doesn't... There, there's no way to do that, so to be able to have a way to flip between the two would be my ideal perspective yeah. in terms of how it would affect SEO as well as um, other parts of marketing. It's terrifying <laughs> because it, it puts into question the concept of link popularity as well as um, do the populace really have a good opinion about what most people are looking for? Um, maybe... Uh, do they have an idea about what I'm looking for specifically? I tend to doubt it as a micro, from a micro-search level. Um, it was interesting before we started recording how you were like, do we really want Google to become Reddit? <laughs> that, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that's, that's kind of what concerns me on a larger level is the way it creates an echo chamber. If I get rid of the results I don't agree with, that doesn't make the results I don't agree with not good results. Right, but it's kind of like, you know, like you said, being on Reddit or being on Dig, and if it's Microsoft, it sucks, right? 
That's not actually true. Mm-hmm. Microsoft has some great products. I mean, they didn't get to be who they are by being terrible. Right. Whether you like them or dislike them, they really do have good products. But if you're on Dig, there are no good Microsoft products. There are only good Apple products. Right. Yeah. That kind of echo chamber worries me because it just creates a greater division. And, I mean, this isn't totally kind of off the, the marketing the, subject, but how do right you market on. to someone who doesn't want to hear it from you? It's. I think it's right on. I think that um, if you think about the vast majority of the media as well as Dig and Reddit, it's very liberal-based. It's really uh, um, progressive, but I don't know if that really represents the vast majority of the country or the world. It's, yeah. it's a, it. it uh, we at this point we're not assuming that these results are going to be alive through a normal non-i Google search. Um, people can make public comments, which is that's, interesting. That's, that another is yeah, that's another concept. thing. And there doesn't seem to be much filtering. And I know that you know back in December we were talking about the you know PR reputation nightmare that it really creates. You know, Danny commented on it. Dave Naylor had a couple of posts that were like, "Oh look." Matt Cutts commented on my site and said how great I am. And Google Webmaster Tools commented (laughs) and said how awesome I am. And obviously it wasn't Matt. Well, I don't know. Maybe Matt said that Dave was a great guy. But obviously it wasn't Google Webmaster Tools. (laughs) Yeah, saying Dave's a certified SEO or something like that. Right. You know, but why didn't Google go in and hard code? No one can say they're Google except except for Google. You know, why is there no authentication process? And obviously you don't have to prove who you are online, but in order for me to trust these comments, I have to know that there's some level of authentication going on, because otherwise, you know, hey, if Bill Gates is telling me he's going to give me $100, there are people out there who will believe that Bill Gates is going to give them $100. Right. But you can get your classic results by logging out of your Google account. And there's also a a Grease Monkey extension that's supported by Firefox and Opera. I love that. <laughs> I love a, that there's people who are hacking the code. Yeah, immediately. No search wiki. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I said, for me, it's all sort of a moot point because I see that it exists, but it, I can't click on it at all. But yeah, other than that, you know, to me, search wiki is kind of a whatever thing. Google, turn on Susan's search wiki. Yeah, Google, <laughs> please fix whatever's wrong with my computer. Can you send one of your PhDs down here? Anyway, we're out of time for this week, but we'd like to thank Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to SEMSynergy at BruceClay.com. Come back next week for more on our thoughts on the industry and on the search industry developments and visit SEMSynergy.com for more info on this week's guest and topics. Thanks so much for joining us on SEM Synergy. Have a good week. <laughs>